There's a time and a place for everything, even mashed potatoes. Frustrated with your pain or injury? That sucks, but I'm here to help. Hi, my name is Denise DeShetler and I'm a body worker and educator. Why is it so hard to find the care we need to feel better? Most of my clients have asked that question for years until we started working together. Now I'm going to help you find those answers. I'll explore different health disciplines and chat with talented practitioners. We'll share our insights and practical advice to help you get the results you need to feel good again. Because seeking the right care for your health can be a pain in the arse. But with me, your wellness journey will turn into a fun-filled adventure. Buckle up, baby, for the Passionate Health Advocate Show. Welcome, listeners, and thanks for joining. I'm happy you're here. Today, we're going to explore India's traditional medicine. Let's buckle up. Welcome to the land of Ayurveda. We are looking for Elena Areta, Ayurvedic health coach in practice since 2009. She uses Ayurveda and yoga to help clients heal. Is that you? It sure is. Oh, thank you for having us here. I'm glad we found you. Yeah, welcome. All right. Ayurveda, you know, um, a lot of people I feel do not know what this is. Can you tell us about this place and what's going on here? Yeah, it's still a little foreign, although over the years I'm hearing it more and more. So Ayurveda is India's traditional medicine. So a lot of folks have heard of Chinese medicine, which mm -hmm. is wonderful and uh, prolific. It's everywhere. Uh, in uh, India's traditional medicine, though, is called Ayurveda. Mm, okay. Ayurveda. Great. And it stands for um, uh, science of life. So Ayur is life. Veda. So if, if anybody's heard of the Vedas, it's knowledge or science. Okay. The Vedas. So you can think of old textbooks that have mm -hmm. knowledge in them. Okay. Yeah. So Ayurveda, cool. science of life. Science of life. Well, I'm loving that already. <laughs> cool. So how did you get here? How did you come to the land of Ayurveda? It's a pretty common story. Uh, in my 20s, I was diagnosed with Crohn's disease. So it's a digestive disorder. And I was going through uh, doctor after doctor being told that I would be on steroids for the rest of my life. Mm. In my 20s, that sounded pretty scary. And at that time, that was the only way they knew how to treat Crohn's was by taking prednisone. Mm -hmm. I didn't like that. Um, I, the thought of taking something that strong for the rest of my life scared me. So I eventually found a doctor, an MD, who treated Crohn's disease with Chinese herbs. Mm -hmm. So I first got into that, and the Chinese herbs helped me. And then over the years, I eventually got to Ayurveda, and I felt that Ayurveda was a more, for me, a more complete look at life. So you change a lot of other things in your life to help you heal, as yeah. opposed to just taking herbs. And of course, there's acupuncture, which is wonderful as well. But for me, Ayurveda just clicked more. 
Got it. Okay. That sounds fantastic. And I'm really happy that happened for you. I'm happy you got on that path. I can't even imagine had you not found this. Oh, thank you. Yeah. I, and I look back now, uh, 20 years, I, I look back on it and I'm so grateful I eventually found it. Nice. And now you can tell us your story and we're here to learn more about it. Well, you know, again, typical story. I, I worked in the corporate world in finance. And when I um, was introduced to somebody who was going through an Ayurvedic program, uh, and I first heard about Ayurveda and really how it worked, it seemed so logical for me. Mm -hmm. Um, Like it just clicked, it made a lot of sense. And about nine months later, I was in a program to be to become an Ayurvedic practitioner, which was insane because the work I had done before was so different. Wow. I, I fell in love. I just fell in love. I had to do it. Nice. What a nice transformation. So, um, so you went through the program, and how long was the program? About three years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So I went through um, this particular school had three levels, um, and I went through all of it. Uh, yeah, just completed everything they had, ate it up, loved it, and started my practice in 09. Oh, that's fantastic. That's so great. And where are you now with your health? Like, how would you say um, now that you're a practitioner, um, how is this, you know, for yourself? Did you improve even more as you started to help other people with this? How did, how has your life transformed with this? I, I was... Oh, I already had it under control, luckily. Mm-hmm. I, I definitely already had it under control, not like uh, in my 20s. That was definitely out of control. Um, so by the time I really got into Ayurveda, I was okay. But mm. I learned how to take care of myself. So this disease, it responds to stress. <laughs> Pandemic. <laughs> um, yeah, so it, yeah. it responds to stress, of course. And you know, life always has stresses ups and downs. So um, I learned anytime I I went into a tough point in my life, I I learned how to take care of myself by using Ayurveda. So over these years, I mean, since 09, I've been really well. I I haven't had like a real flare up because anytime I see it coming on, I know what to do. Oh, that's fantastic. And anybody listening out there dealing with Crohn's or any other digestive issues, this is a big thing that I think you can examine and see if this could work for you. That's great. Wow. So I like the point that you brought up. Um, You had it, it seemed like you had it pretty stable, like you stabilized. But learning, which is another piece, how to take care of yourself. And I think that's missing for a lot of people. It's like you can stabilize, but if you can actually be more preventive and learning how to deal with yourself, especially now during the pandemic and all these added stressors. So I think this is a really good resource and I'm glad we're visiting. Yeah. And, and I'll be honest, of course, in these months that we were dealing with the pandemic, of course, my, my body started responding to that. Um, mm-hmm. So it's, you know, it's not like uh, I'm healed or completely out of the woods and we'll never have this again. Of course not. No, I still have to take care of myself. And I've had, of course, a refresher on that in the past few months, but yeah. I am well. Yeah. That's um, fantastic. I think a part of your podcast, like uh, one of your um, you know, main goals is to show 
people that they can learn how to take care of themselves. And there are, of course, many different modalities and people need different things. But the idea that um, we can learn to take care of ourselves. So one thing that I like to think about a lot is, you know, um, we refer to the doctors, of course, thankfully they're there Mm -hmm. uh, when we need them. But you see your doctor once, twice, three times in a year, you know, they're not with you all the time. Mm -hmm. You're with yourself every day. So you make choices all throughout the day, every single day. And some choices can be not so great. Some choices can be great for you and really help you. So ideally, we all learn how to take care of ourselves. Um, We can do a better, better job of that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. Very well put. Thank you for sharing that. Um, I couldn't agree more. (laughs) Yeah. Um, you brought up that good point of the whole point of this is to share resources and practitioners that are out there. Um, but learning that also the point you brought up is that, you know, you're not a hundred percent cured. You still have the disease, but you live with it and you function very well. And we're not trying to get rid of or fix everything because we keep changing, we keep evolving, we age, but that's okay. It's, it's being preventative and learning more about yourselves and how we can go through life because we will always have ups and downs. And if this time hasn't showed you that, I don't know what will, (laughs) but, but we can still persevere and that's what it's about. And it's, you need to listen to yourself first and get the guidance that resonates with you. So, um, how does uh, Ayurveda, you're talking about it's, um, say if I'm wrong, the science of life? Yep, yep. So um, how does it work? So example, what, what treatments have you, do you provide? Let's say if I, signed up, if I signed up with you and I was having some digestive issues, how would that, a treatment with you look like? Well, um, let, me, let me mention a little bit about Ayurveda just in okay. general. Mm-hmm. Um, like, like what it is, cause it, it's kind of an umbrella term. Mm, okay. Um, so like how we use Ayurveda to, to help us, uh, there's diet and lifestyle. Um, we use herbs, uh, yoga is a sister science to Ayurveda. Mm-hmm. Those two, uh, very nicely go hand in hand. Uh, so sometimes we use yoga <laughs> for treatment. Mm-hmm. Uh, meditation, of course. So Ayurveda is like, again, this umbrella term. There are a lot of things underneath that term. So digging a little deeper into Ayurveda, um, one of the first things that we do uh, as a a practitioner is to see what like category a person falls under. So um, like personality tests, uh, like Myers-Briggs, um, you know, from back mm-hmm. in the day, um, mm-hmm. there's Enneagram. Now a lot of folks are talking about that, but basically, yes. you know, we all fall into categories okay. and Ayurveda does that too. And the words that Ayurveda uses are the doshas. And this is something that folks may have heard or seen here and there. There are three doshas, vata, pitta, and kapha. And those are Sanskrit words, so they're they're foreign. Uh, we don't we don't you know hear that too often. But those are the doshas, and that's the cornerstone of Ayurveda. 
So vata has its qualities, uh, pitta has its qualities, and kapha has its qualities. So depending on the person, so the, the client in this case, we assigned, we assigned those terms to them. Once okay. we have some idea of uh, what a person is like and what's going on with them, then we come up with a treatment plan. So now going to your question, uh, what we do. Okay. First, we look at symptoms, obviously, what, what is, what's going on with the person that, um, that they're seeing you for. Um, those are basically going to be imbalances of the doshas. Does that make sense? Okay. Um, let's, let's back up a little bit. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. So maybe it'd be helpful because there's the three. Can you give maybe a general description of each category so we can kind of yeah. like visualize in our head what yeah. that means? Okay. Yeah. So vata, the first dosha, it's said to be made up of air and ether. So if you think of air and ether, they're very light and dry. Like you can think of the air in the room that you're in right now, right? Mm -hmm. um, light and dry. You can uh, think of something that's uh, mobile, something that can move because it's light. So you just think of these qualities. Um, okay. It'll be a little easier as we get into the others. Yeah. Pitta is predominantly we think of fire. Mm -hmm. So that element, fire, pretty much makes up pitta. And that means there's heat there. And it might not be physical heat, uh, like when you touch something and it's hot, it burns your hand. Uh, we, we see heat also in like personality or mm. moods. Mm -hmm. Or if a person likes to learn a lot, they like to digest a lot mm. of knowledge. They like to read a lot. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of heat there to like process all that knowledge. Okay. So when we say heat, we're, we're thinking about, you know, a few different Like a things. machine. Things are moving. Yeah. 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 Metabolism. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Okay. Um, and then kappa is the third dosha, and that's made up of earth and water. And you can think of very literally earth, you know, dirt. Uh, and water. And if you mix the two together, you get mud. Um, both are very heavy, mm -hmm. right? If you mm -hmm. carry around a five gallon you know, jug of water, that's heavy, right? Um, so kappa is thought to be heavy, okay. uh, something that doesn't move that much. Um, and you can maybe start thinking about a person's like personality, because there are folks, think of, you know, the couch potato. There are folks mm -hmm. who like to sit, they don't get up too often. Yeah. You, might, you might see, you know, some kappa there. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So these, these doshas, and it's, of course, it's more complicated than that. But um, these, these three doshas, vata, pitta, and kappa, um, we use these ideas to understand a person how they are, how they look, um, uh, personality, uh, their symptoms. We literally use these words to describe what's going on. Mm, okay. It's like okay. a language, essentially. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, so then once you kind of depict, and, and I would imagine that maybe you're not just in one category, maybe, maybe, well, maybe someone is, but I would imagine you're like elements of that and that maybe you're predominantly kappa and have a little bit of 
you know, uh, Veda in it, something like that, I would imagine. Yeah, you're exactly right. So mm-hmm. we all have, according to Ayurveda, we all have all three doshas. Okay. But naturally, since we're different, right? We're all different. Um, I could have a lot of vata. You can have a lot of pitta. You know, somebody else comes along and they have a lot of kappa. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a person can have a lot of pitta and kappa, some combination. Uh, but we all have all three. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And and then um, if depending on, you know, how you, how you find them with the dosha, like the prominent dosha, does that also help you regulate? Okay. Let's look at your behaviors and is it also diet? So what are you looking through with that lens? So, yeah, like, like I said, I just, we use these words to describe things and to understand things. So Mm -hmm. of course, somebody's seeing you because they have some symptoms, there's something Mm -hmm. um, Mm -hmm. not feeling right. So we identify those, understand where they're coming from. From our point of view as a practitioner, we're thinking about which doshas are out of balance. Oh, out of balance. Okay. That's good to know. So someone may come along um, and they have a lot of stress and anxiety, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, For us- You're probably not finding anybody with that right now. No, no, that that does not exist during a (laughs) pandemic. There's no stress or anxiety during a pandemic. You have nothing to do. That's why you came, that's why you invited us, you're bored. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, there's, yeah, there's a lot of that right now. Yeah, Um, unfortunately, yes. Yeah. and, and we see stress and anxiety as vata being high. Mm. So vata, dosha, again, mm-hmm. we see that as um, having air and ether. So these are light and mobile. Um, so if you think of like stress or anxiety or worry, mm-hmm. and you keep thinking about maybe the same concern, the same worry over and over again, there's that movement there that it just keeps coming round and round, like in this mm-hmm. cycle. Mm-hmm. Uh, so for us, we see that movement and, and we think of vata in that case. Um, if somebody comes along and they say they have, you know, anger issues, um, they have rage, they're, they're finding that they're getting, you know, really hot very quickly, you know, something happens, you know, someone cuts them off and they get really upset, and it's not like them, we think of pitta. The pitta Mm. dosha is high. So that fire there, it's too hot. So then in that case, um, we would think of, all right, what do we do for high pitta? Or Mm -hmm. like in the first example, what do we do for high vata? Okay. And then as an example, and again, of course, it's, I'm sure it's much more complex as far as what you would prescribe for someone, but what would be as an example, so we understand, okay, right now your pitta is out of balance. It's, it's higher than it should be. And you're, you're having symptoms because of that. So what would be a general uh, antidote for that? Yeah. So, so something that we do every day, all of us, uh, for the most part, all of us do every day is eat. Mm-hmm. Um, and in Ayurveda, foods, all foods, have qualities. So some foods are known for um, raising uh, vata. 
Others are known for decreasing pitta. Mm -hmm. So the food, so food has an effect on us. So there are diets, and this is something that a lot of clients, um, it, it's almost like the number one thing that, that clients are really interested in because they mm -hmm. like to get a list of the foods that are good for them to eat. And it's really yeah. cool, right? You get this long list of foods. And then, you know, what you, what you do with that, you get to be creative. Uh -huh. um, but it's nice to know what works for you. Yeah, so, definitely. Yeah. So, you know, if somebody's dealing with high pitta, we're going to give them foods that we see as cooling to bring down that heat. Okay. And again, it's not uh, temperature. It's not that they won't eat cooked foods because, you know, they're cooked yes. on the stove. Yeah. It's not um, temperature. It's the qualities of the foods once they're in our bodies, the effect that the food has in our body. Can like, um, is it like when you say calm, we're using like, we use the idea of like the machine or something to kind of like calm the system, would you say? Calm that like internal motion, like, uh, like you're motion. revved up, like you're revved up, you know, like, uh, do you mean it like that? Like, so, so the pitta, it's a high, high pitta. Does that mean like, oh, we're fired up, we're getting revved up? Do you want to calm it down with some cooling foods like that? Yeah. So okay. an, an example is um, alcohol. So like a cocktail, alcohol is considered fire water. Mm. So alcohol, um, according to Ayurveda, brings in heat okay. in the system. And of course, a cocktail is not hot, right? Right. <laughs> Ice, it's cold. Um, uh -huh. So again, that's like an example that it's not you know, just the temperature of it, but it's the qualities of it and what it does to the body. Okay. And, and uh, another example, bringing it back to me. And when I first got sick, uh, I was in my twenties and going out a lot and drinking a lot. And at some point I realized alcohol was not good for me. Like I mm -hmm. could just, I could tell, mm -hmm. but, but you know, of course, I asked my doctor if it was okay to drink alcohol, and he said, sure, that doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> to a person who has Crohn's disease, yeah. yeah. Um, so that was an example that I had in my own life that, yeah, um, foods do have an effect on us. Mm -hmm. um, you can think of uh, like soul food, comfort food. You know, why? Why is some food considered comfort food? It's mm -hmm. heavy, it's warm. Yeah, yeah. It. That's not the same as a cold salad. Right. Right? Yeah, yeah. So food does have an effect. Um, so diet is a big part of Ayurveda. And again, because we eat every day. So mm -hmm. It's something you do all the time. Yeah, it can be applied to everybody. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So that's one example. That's one example. But um, I'm, curi I'm curious, what would just, at, since we were talking about the pitta being fired up and, and I'm, I'm imagining uh, people might be dealing with that right now, what would be, do you have any that you feel okay saying um, would be some coolant foods, just as an example? Well, and the thing that most more people are uh, you know, feeling now these days um, is really more vata related. Mm. Um, the anxiety. So, yeah. So, mm. so more high vata these days. Uh -huh. uh, and so that is light and mobile. So we want yeah. to bring in the opposite. Okay. So 
comfort foods <laughs> might be really good for that person. All right. And, and it doesn't mean, of course, everyone should just go out and eat comfort food. <laughs> right. Um, it, it's it's not that simple. But uh, you know, if somebody is really dealing with high vata, that's what you're going to want: heavier foods like mashed potatoes. Yeah, sure. Mm. Some foods you feel like okay. Now, yeah. <laughs> Some people would say macaroni and cheese. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. For pitta, for pitta, if they do have a lot of heat, there are going to be a lot of spices that they want to stay away from. Mm, okay. Right? So heating mm-hmm. spices, which spices are great because they're they make food really delicious. And of course, if you're eating out a lot, like a lot of people do. Yeah. You have no control over what spices the restaurant puts into the food. It's just going to be made tasty, right? Uh-huh. So that you uh-huh. buy it again. Um, you know, that's unfortunately something that, that makes it a little difficult. Like it's really best to cook at home so that you can actually control what you're putting into your body. Uh-huh. Um, but if you've got a lot of pitta, high pitta going on, so a lot of heat, you definitely want to stay away from heating spices. And there are cooling spices, by the way. Mint? Yeah, sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. That's so, that's so fascinating. And uh, anybody listening, uh, yeah, I'm sure we can, we can learn more about this. And, and what I like too, I'm glad that we're visiting, is that just this concept and idea of how this can apply to yourself um, that you can already start thinking and applying right now at, at your own home. Oh yeah, it's the passionate health advocate dance break. Now get up and shake your thing. When you were talking about this work, does are people that you work with, are they primarily dealing with digestive issues or do you deal with people that have all kinds of ailments? So um, the mind and digestion, those two work hand in hand for a lot of folks, mm. um, uh, depending on what they have going on. It's already clear that connection between what's happening in the mind oh. and the gut. Wow. Um, they're like prominent doctors and you know have written many books on you know on this idea i mean i know it firsthand uh, from yeah. my own experiences um but yeah that's that's what i tend to focus on and, and wow, it's on my okay. website that that's what i i like to work on because that's what i i understand most okay okay yeah. wow that is fascinating that that I, connection with the mind and the gut yeah. You'd be surprised. I've had a lot of folks come in for something and they don't realize they have digestive issues, mm. believe it or not, because they're not extreme. They're right. Not, they're not extreme issues. So, uh, you know, they can live their lives and, and, and keep going, but they don't realize like, yeah, that's actually a signal. That's letting mm-hmm. you know things are not good in the gut. And eventually it, it could catch up to you. You know, yeah. You know, address it. 
Yeah, that I would believe that to be true for sure. It's like, I, I feel in general, a lot of times we, we, all of us don't tend to deal with something because it's not debilitating, you know, it might be a little annoying. And then it, then from annoyance, it becomes like normal, you know, this is my normal every day until you see the other side or someone brings awareness to it and a way out of that. That's pretty interesting. Yeah. Like somebody who pops the tums all the time. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Or or whatever, right? Um, Mm -hmm. Something that they're taking every day to help them. Right. Um, They don't realize that that's letting you know something is off. Yeah. Um, And you mentioned preventative care earlier. Like Ayurveda is great for that. You know, nip it in the bud, get it early, Mm -hmm. right? So that Mm -hmm. it doesn't become too serious. Right. And you never really suffer. You never, yeah. you never get to that point if you can yeah. take care of yourself early on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, and it's never too late. And it's never too late. Yeah. 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 <laughs> but it doesn't sell, yeah, for preventative, for sure. Yeah, great. Um, so with this, you said that yoga, you use, I mean, it sounds like you also use that. So would you be able to maybe give an example if you're, it sounds like you work with diet and also yoga. Are those like the two primary? No, um, actually I'm going to go back a step. Okay. Um, so Ayurveda uh, deals with diet and lifestyle. Uh-huh. And when we say uh-huh. lifestyle, yeah, uh, that means practices, things that oh. we do every day. Okay. Um, so something very, very common that most people have heard of is that it's really good to wake up at the same time every day and mm. go to bed at the same time. So the body and the mind, they like routine. Got it. We, we, we love it. <laughs> we love routine. <laughs> the body gets used to things. It, it gets into, you know, it, into its rhythm. Uh-huh. Um, same with sleep. So waking up in the morning and going to bed at a certain time. Um, food, what time you eat your food. So a lot of folks don't eat breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Or mm-hmm. if they do, they eat them at all different times. All different times, yeah. You know, uh, whew, lunch can be at 11 a.m. one day or 2 p.m. the next day because they're busy at work, right? Uh-huh. Something happens. Uh-huh. Um, or skipping a meal. Uh, I mean, it, we're all over the place if we're really busy running around. Right. right. But to get that down as well into a routine, what time we eat, that's really beneficial. So there are, and, and, and by the way, that helps with matters of the mind. Mm, that helps mm-hmm. with stress. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, it's so- funny because that sounds so basic, even though that's probably a big challenge for a lot of us, but it is something if we're conscious of it, what, like that's something we can do right now. It's so easy. And of course, you know, you say this to somebody and it's, it's very easy for, you know, the person to kind of roll their eyes like, right. yeah, I've heard that all my life, but come on. I, I eat at different times of the day. I go to bed at different times and I'm yeah. okay. I'm okay. Yeah. I'm alive. You know, it's okay. Um, so sure. But we want to thrive. We want to yeah. be really healthy. And especially if we're dealing with a symptom, we want to be really healthy. Yeah. Um, yeah. To be able to handle that. But it's those practices are grounding. Yeah, they're grounding. So it's good for the physical body, mm-hmm. but it's also good for the mind. 
Yeah, that's uh, so. There, so there's a long list of practices. There are different different kinds of practices for different things. Some will be calming for vata. Mm-hmm. Some will be cooling for pitta, and some will be invigorating for kapha, <laughs> nice, the heavy nice. kapha that needs yeah, movement. That needs movement. Yeah. yeah, I I love that you brought up. Um, the patterns of eating and sleeping. And I will say that I am someone that's become much more conscious, at least in the last 10 years about all of these things. And I, for one, because I am aware, I have such a rough time with the time change with the, with the, you know, turning back the clock or spring forward, fall back. And that week when that happens, yeah, you know, it's like I'm, I'm used to eating at a certain time and then it's like, oh yeah, I'm, I'm, it's only an hour, but I'm completely thrown off and it takes me like a week to get back on track for sure. Yeah. I've noticed the, that for sure. The body finds its rhythm. Mm-hmm. You know, it has, it has its rhythm. If you, if you give it to it, if you, you know, have a routine, have yeah. these practices down. And then of course, when you're, when you get off of that, like when you yeah. travel, oh my goodness. Yeah. <laughs> Halfway around the world. It, it's tough. It's tough yeah. for anybody. That's like yeah. a more extreme example of that. It is, it is an extreme example. I think the reason I mentally can ha- handle it is because I always know I'm going somewhere I'm excited about where I didn't really have a choice in the, in the hour change. Yeah. <laughs> but you got to make yeah. do. That's funny. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah, diet and lifestyle. These are things that we address daily. Daily. Like yeah. Literally every yeah. day. All right. So that does help us. It sounds like you deal with people that um, aren't maybe aware that a lot of it's digestive. Do Do you ever get anybody that's dealing with like physical pain? They don't know what it is or why they're having it. Do you ever get people that have pain in their body? Not much. If it's mm-hmm. if it's digestive, right? If it yeah. relates to digestion, which there is, of course, pain and discomfort from that. Um, and you know, sometimes it manifests in like right. you know a, a backache, right? Sure, really digestive. Yeah. Um, or things like having a really tight jaw that's mm. stress related. Mm-hmm. Um, then of course we can work on that. But that's not like. Uh, my forte or necessarily Ayurveda's if it's more muscular, right? Or dealing mm-hmm. with, um, yeah, I, I, I would in those cases um, be referring out. Yeah. But if it relates, of course, to anything internal, stress-related, obviously. Yeah. Um, if, if they would benefit from yoga, Mm-hmm. Easy. We bring that in. Nice. Um, yeah. So, so my my style is hatha. So Shivananda style hatha yoga. It's, okay. it's pretty pretty gentle, pretty uh-huh. easy um, to introduce to the, to a person. Yeah. Nice. So we can use that. That's great. That's great. So anybody listening, um, maybe this is opening up to what you're not aware of if you do have digestive issues and how you can look through a different lens to approach your lifestyle. And even if you're someone that's like wants to be physical, you have yoga as an option to be going in with that. So it sounds like it's ways to approach it. Yeah. And, and we don't need to do yoga, of course, to um, exercise and to move the body. I mean, I, I've always told folks, heck, you know, just doing dishes, doing laundry, mm. walking up and down the stairs, you know, just, just moving the body. Uh, that's, it's good for us on so many levels. 
right? Yes. Yes. Right? It's, mm-hmm. good. it's good for the muscles. It's good for bones, right? Uh-huh. Lymph, you know, move the lymph. I mean, it's, it's, uh, we can all benefit from exercise and exercise yes. can be just any movement of the body dancing, yeah, right? Mm-hmm. You, you're a fan of dancing. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, just move. You can, body. you can dance, listen to your favorite music while doing the chores that you can't stand. So you can, <laughs> you can make it more fun, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, great. So if, you know, how long do you see change? Like as an example, I, I'm sure it's all over the place, but if someone's working with you, is this, you know, I imagine obviously it's not a one-off session unless it is, I don't know. Um, but what would, you know, do you work with people like through for certain months or what kind of programs, what's the duration and frequency that someone would, you'd work with? Yeah. It all comes down to patient compliance right? Mm, for any, okay. for anybody, for anything, okay. right? Yeah. It all comes down to if they do these things, if they bring this change into mm-hmm. their life, right? Because if you don't change anything about your life, then mm-hmm. you'll just keep going. Right. <laughs> issues, right? Um, so what I offer is an initial consultation for folks to come in. It's an hour and a half long appointment. We go over the doshas. Uh, obviously, I get to know them. Um, go over the doshas and we do talk about diet in that first appointment. So they at least walk away with a list of foods that would be good for them. Mm. Now, of course, mm-hmm. it all depends on what they're coming to see me for. If it's, sure. if it's something chronic that they've had for many years, uh, that's probably not going to be you know a quick fix right? yeah. from mm-hmm. one appointment. But there are a lot of folks who benefit just from that or they just want to you know, just get an introduction to Ayurveda and they can chew on it for a little bit and read up online um, just to, you know, get a little more familiar with it. Uh, If somebody wants to do a full treatment plan and they actually want to get into treatment for a condition, Mm -hmm. then I offer a five series. So it's just five appointments that I, I see them every two weeks and we have an unlimited email in between. So I'm always there. Wow, that's them. that's a really good deal. <laughs> like oh, the communication yeah. is there in between. That's great. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Because questions come up, of course. Uh-huh. Um, and and I I want to be there. I, I want to mm-hmm. be there and help them throughout the process. So I see them every two weeks, and at every appointment, I give them a list of things to do, changes to make in their lives. Mm-hmm. And uh, obviously, when I see them next, I check in on that, check in on their symptoms obviously, you know, move along on the treatment plan, give them some new things to work on. And that always depends on how well they brought in the changes, uh, you know, how quickly or how well, or sometimes things don't work and we tweak the treatment plan a little bit. So mm-hmm. we just we work along that way. Yeah. But it's five appointments. And in that time, I can do a lot. Oh, uh, nice. I can get into, yeah, I, I can get into <laughs> um, herbs, right? Uh-huh. I can, you know, it, I can get into recipes with them if they really oh, like to cook. Uh-huh. Um, that's a big deal. That's a really big deal for folks if I can tell them very specifically what to make. Nice. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And of course, the practices that we talked about, uh, if yoga plays into that, if meditation plays into that. Uh, they might need yoga nidra, which is yogic sleep. It's a, mm-hmm. a very deep, deeply relaxing uh, meditation. 
Yes, um, I'm a huge fan. Ooh, yes, it's oh, good stuff. I love Yoga Nidra, and I and I have used it very seriously when I've been in um, in pain, like in, mm. in really bad shape. Mm-hmm. Um, so I I just love Yoga Nidra. So offer that. So yeah, we use a lot of tools, a lot of different tools, depending on what's going on with the person. Nice. And I'm going to guess um, that this, you know, if you're working with someone, let's say right now, um, is everything virtual? Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I was offering this way before the pandemic. Um, yeah. I've had clients, you know, in other states, you know, in other yeah. places, they find me. And because I was offering the online thing back then, yeah, um, you know, they, they could choose me, right? Even though they were in Wisconsin, let's say. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, so now, of course, it's, uh, it's, it really is just talking anyway, right? Uh-huh. Um, it's not so much a physical modality, uh, yeah. although that is working really well too, which is, which is great to see. Um, you know, other practitioners that do other things offering, you know, virtual appointments, that's cool. Yeah. Uh, in yeah. Ayurveda, it's really easy because their consultations were pretty nice. much just talking. Yeah, that's great. That's great. And would you internationally? Have you had an international? I haven't. No, I haven't, to be honest. Yeah, just here, here in the country. And it's, and it's really easy. Um, I have a, a list of like resources, you know, sites online for folks to order things if they're not close to a market that has some of the things they, they want and need. Uh-huh. I, I, I know plenty of websites, so all nationally. Yeah. yeah. Would it, um, if someone, let's just say hypothetically, if somebody wanted to uh, work with you, but they don't live in this country, is that something easier? Or all your resources are kind of based what's happening in the States? It's just that my resources would be based here in the U.S. But if that person knows in, in their community where to get things, mm. then, then it's no problem, right? Then it's okay. the same. Uh, the, same. The, the language is the same. The consultation is the same, right? Yeah. It's just a yeah. matter of, I like to really hold my client's hand. Uh, I, okay. I, I really, which is why I offer, you know, free unlimited email. Yeah. Which I, I, I will stress again, a big deal. That's awesome. Yeah. Cause mm-hmm. you know, you know, especially if something's new for you, yeah. it's, it's hard to mm-hmm. really understand like, Hey, is this right? You know, they might take a picture of something and you know, mm-hmm. is this, am I doing this right? Um, yeah. so I, I like to be there with them, you know, holding their hands. And part of that is having resources, which is, Uh like I said, I have got a ton of websites and, you know, where to get things. So that would be the only thing that I I wouldn't have, of course, for the international group. Right. And also probably time zone might be a challenge too. Yeah. And that that we can always work out. That's easy enough. I've I've done it. I did it back in the corporate days. I I worked with folks in Africa (laughs) and Europe and Asia. So I I know that. I know that deal. You know that. You know that. You know that trick. Cool. (laughs) All right. So anybody listening, no matter where you're located, this could be an option for you if it resonates. And if somebody wanted to learn more, um, what resources could they check out? Just like, oh, I want to check out this Ayurveda. I've got like this great book that is for somebody um, who is just learning about Ayurveda mm-hmm. and, and I have no connection to it. I, I, I just know of the book and I've read it myself. Um, it's called Healing Your Life and it's by Dr. Mark Halpern, mm-hmm. the founder of an Ayurveda school. And the book is, you know, um, not too involved. It's pretty simple, pretty, it's a pretty quick read. And it definitely touches on a lot of areas of Ayurveda without going too deep. 
Mm. Um, and he weaves his own personal story throughout the book. So that's nice. Yeah. So this is like a really good introductory book. Oh, great. Um, then I've got a second book that is for somebody, if they've already heard of Ayurveda, they're already familiar with the doshas, they've heard about vata, pitta, kapha, maybe through their yoga classes, they've already heard about um, you know, various, various aspects of Ayurveda. This other book is called Ayurveda, Nature's Medicine, mm-hmm. and that's by Dr. Frowley. And this book definitely goes in deeper. Like this would be a tough read for somebody who's just learning about Ayurveda. So okay. I thought those two books are, um, would be really helpful. And of course, you can pick them up anywhere. Yeah, yeah. And uh, we will have that written in the show notes. So if you didn't get that, um, you can always rewind or you can check the show notes for the actual writing of that information and the authors. Um, okay, fantastic. And how would someone find a practitioner like yourself, like a reputable practitioner? Yeah. So um, there's a a wonderful organization and it's the organization. Um, It's called NAMA Uh and it's the National Ayurvedic Medical Association. So NAMA has a directory of practitioners here in the U.S. Okay. don't think they list outside of the U.S. I don't remember, but for the U.S., for sure, um, any professional um, practitioner uh, would be listed here. Okay. So, so you can you can trust folks that are listed there, and their website is Ayurveda Nama N as in Nancy A M as in Mary A dot mm-hmm. org. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Nice. Okay. So we got resources, an online directory. Uh, Fantastic. And if someone wanted to actually do, you said you do a free consultation? The initial initial consultation um, is a one and a half hour long appointment. And and that's a paid consultation. Yeah. One and a half hours. Yeah. Yeah. That's if if somebody wants uh, either an introduction to Ayurveda, have some idea of like what doshas, uh, they've got going on, like, uh, you know, what's, what's happening there. I can definitely get into that in the first appointment, which I okay. do, uh-huh. um, and provide a list of foods that are good for them. It's not quite a treatment plan, but we, we get into plenty in an hour and a half. Yeah. An hour and a half. That is a very thorough consultation, I would think for sure. Oh yeah. Yeah. They fill out a form beforehand. Um, I get a lot of information before we meet. Yeah. Mm, okay. Yeah, so that sounds good. That sounds good. It could be a one-off or it could start onto a treatment plan from there. Absolutely. And, and that's why I set it up that way. Some folks really do just want an introduction. They want to see what's going on so they can just do the first appointment. And then if they want to deal with some, you know, uh, treatment, then we go into the five series. Nice. Okay. And how would one go about that? How do we find you? Oh, just my website, which is my name. Elena Iretta, and I'll spell it quickly, E-L-E-N-A-I-R-U-E-T-A.com. Great. Well, thank you so much. This has been awesome. I love hearing about Ayurveda and all these different aspects for the science of life. I'm hoping that anybody listening, you know, if you're curious, now you have resources, you have Elena you can chat with. Um, and it sounds like something that can be applied right now while we're all 
in this pandemic and dealing with quarantine? Actually, and I'd like to open this up that I am totally available if anybody wants to just email me and you can do that through my website. Um, you can just shoot me a message if you're just curious about Ayurveda. Uh, maybe, you know, I get a lot of emails actually, folks looking for resources. Uh, so I'm, I'm open to that. Nice. So feel free. Oh. Thank you so much. That's uh, what an invitation. And uh, I would assume people will take you up on that because that's such a, so great to have accessibility to a nice resource like yourself and a wonderful practitioner. And thank you so much for your time and showing us around this land. Mm -hmm. And I hope we can actually come back again because this has been, been wonderful. So thank you so much, Elena. Cool. Cool. Thank you. Thanks for joining the Passionate Health Advocate Show with your host, Denise DeShetler. Like what you hear? Then subscribe, rate, and review this podcast.